Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Maybe you heard the story about the preacher's kid that wanted to be like his dad. And he was at that age where he wanted to start imitating his dad, practicing things that his Baptist preacher daddy would do, especially on Sundays. And so after being in big church for a while and one particular Sunday, he saw his dad baptize. And he thought, hey, I'm going to do that. I'm going to baptize my cats tomorrow. They collected cats and had all different kinds of age range and types of cats. And so he thought, all right. So he loaded up the tub with water. Got the kitten first. Not a real problem. Dunked the kitten. Immersed him, of course. Brought him out. Ran off. Then he got the, the young cat. You know, he'd been around several months, a little older. Not a major problem. Found the young cat. Ducked him. Immersed him. Let him go. And then he thought... All right, I'm going to get Grandpa Kitty. I mean, he'd lived nine lives plus. This cat had been around a long time. Grandpa was not excited about being baptized. So he went and found Grandpa Cat, got him there in the tub. And I mean, when he started putting him in the water, Grandpa Cat went berserk, hissing and scratching and doing things that cats can do, putting out his claws, and he ran off from the little boy and, Boy went and rescued him, got him back, took him back in there, put him toward the water. It was worse. Scratching and clawing and rawr and doing all those things that cats do, even bit him. Finally, he just kind of tossed him. He says, okay, just be a Methodist if you want to. (laughs) Today, as we continue our series on hot topics, the title of the message is, Once baptized, always baptized. Oh, really? With a question mark? If you have your listening sheet, it's on the back of your worship guide, or you can take notes mentally. Now, as Baptists, one of our distinctives is once saved, always saved. We believe that. We believe that that's biblical. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written that you might know that you have eternal life. Thank goodness it's not our good works. It's Christ's finished work on the cross And the fact that he knew no sin, neither was any guile found in his mouth, and he died on the cross, and he rose three days later, and he appeared to over 500 people, and he ascended to heaven at his right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. We're so grateful that it's not our our works, his finished work, putting our faith and trust in Jesus alone. We believe in the eternal security of of the believer. Not because this is the Baptist faith and message, but because it's in God's Word. But what about baptism? What about baptism? Well, if you hadn't already done so, I want you to take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 3. And I want us to consider once baptized, always baptized with a question mark. Now, if we want to really understand This particular subject, 
that is very important for us as believers and certainly as Southern Baptists, then here's what we need to do. We need to go here and we need to look there. Meaning, our ultimate example is Jesus Christ. If we put our eyes on man, we're going to let you down. Brother Phil is a wonderful man. But if you watch him too closely, if you watch me too closely, you watch the chairman of deacons too closely, you watch your mama or your Aunt Fanny or whoever it might be too closely, as godly as they may be, they will let you down. We must ultimately look to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the master. That's who we look at. So I'm going to read in this passage, and then we're going to sense to break it down from the text as other cross-references, and I want it to be biblical, of course, but very practical. You know, there are some those, and I'm, before I read this, that, that, that are hesitant about baptism, even fearful, or have a misguided understanding of what baptism is all about. Here's some of those things, and these would be mistruths, mistruths. It's in your outline now. This is in your introduction, mistruths about baptism. Let me, let me share some of those real quick, that it gets you to heaven, that baptism gets you to heaven. No, 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 no. Think about the thief on the cross. If, if, if baptism got you to heaven, then I believe Jesus would have said, in the middle of being crucified, time out, performed a miracle, somehow created water, and baptized the thief on the cross, and then got back up there. But that's not what happened. No, 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 no. So, this does not save a person, meaning gets you to heaven. Here's another mistruth. It must be Baptist baptism. Not true. Because we have no indication in Acts 8 that the Ethiopian eunuch was a Baptist. Quite the contrary. So, it's not Baptist baptism. It's biblical baptism. Now, there were those, and there's still some Baptists that believe you must have a Baptist baptism. Not this preacher. Because I believe there are those that exist out there that know the Lord that are not Baptist. We just got to know that. And I'm all about Baptist, Southern Baptist. But I'm more, just like so many of you, about Jesus and about the Bible. So, what are the truth? What is the truth? Where do we go to the truth to see about baptism? So here it is in Matthew 3, beginning with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice, verse 17, from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. First thing on your notes, first truth, observation, 
about baptism, answering the question of the day as we continue hot topics is this. Baptism should take place in spite of others. Baptism should take place in spite of others. Meaning, John tried to deter him. Oh, no, 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 no. You shouldn't be baptized. Do you know, practically speaking, there are others that tried to deter those that have put their faith in Jesus alone from having biblical baptism after conversion by immersion. There are those that try to deter them. And some of you are very much aware of that because it may be you have a family member, maybe even a parent, that says, you don't need to be baptized. Don't you remember what happened? And yet, you've been studying God's Word. And it could be the Holy Spirit has already convicted you before today to say, you need to get your baptism in order. You need to do it after conversion. You need to do it by immersion. And it may be the Holy Spirit says, today's the day. Why not do it today? So you allow the Lord to work on you with that and see what else he says in here. But he said, ah, Jesus, I I don't want to baptize you. You have nothing to repent of. He was the spotless lamb of God. He knew no sin. Came sin on our behalf. So why was he baptized? Let me just make sure we understand this. Number one, his baptism gave approval to John the Baptist's ministry. John the Baptist was the baptizer to show that you repent of sin. You admit our our sin, all have sinned. You repent And it was a show of a change of heart. And so it's a different direction going this way and saying, I can't fix it. I can't be good enough. I'm repenting of this and I'm turning toward Jesus and trusting him to clean me up, trusting him for my salvation, trusting him to change my life through the sanctification process. So that was one reason was his baptism gave approval of John the Baptist's ministry. Number two, he was identifying himself with sinners, the very ones he came to save, not because he did sin, but to identify with us. This is Jesus, God's only son that left heaven for you and for me. And we should never tire of telling the old, old story and be reminded and seeing about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All glory goes to him. So he was identifying. Why else was he baptized? It was a picture of his future on the cross where all the waves and billows of God's judgment would go over him. Luke 12, verse 50. I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is completed. That's why we say in the waters, baptized with him, raised to walk in newness of life. That's why he was baptized. But here's some common deterrents today. Still on number one. One, infant baptism. Some say, I'm not be baptized. I was baptized as an infant. Dip, poured, sprinkled, whatever it may be. Now, it's not scriptural. I have tried to find one verse over the years to 
to help me understand some of my brothers and sisters in Christ about why they would think that. I can't find it. Now, friend, if you have found it, will you come show me? I mean, Phil will give you a little break out there, recognizing him to come show your preacher something he ain't seen before to help me understand where it is. I'm just telling you, I don't see it. If it is, it seems to be way out of context, which is scary for all of us. We need to make sure that we line up and understand what the Scripture says. So sometimes it can cause people to get confused because they had some type of infant baptism as a children. As a child, I want to read this statement, which is so good. Listen to what someone has said. In our church, and I believe it's true for us, we want those who were baptized as infants to know that their immersion as a believer in no way invalidates the faith of their parents demonstrated in baptizing their child. That's those that had an infant baptism and they're coming to be baptized. This is such a solid statement. Rather, it completes their dedication as the person makes public his or her own faith commitment. It should be a compliment, not a criticism. So we need to remember that. We're not criticizing. We had baby dedication. It'd be similar. We had babies lined up here several months ago on Mother's Day. It was a glorious day. We have some pictures. It was wonderful. We have problems in the nursery, which is a good problem, to have people keep our babies right now. Especially on that day we did. It's baby dedication. It's saying we're dedicating our child. Church family, pray for this child. Pray for us. And we're saying, by God's grace, we're going to teach them the ways of God. Nurture them so one day they can put their faith and trust in Jesus. But sometimes, because of some type of infant baptism in another denomination or non-denominational church, there can be confusion because that was not biblical baptism. It wasn't. But that's that's one reason why some are deterred. Another is inappropriate order. Infant baptism, inappropriate order. After conversion is biblical. Acts chapter 8, chapter 2, verse 41. You are baptized after you join the team. Let me tell you something. About nine months ago, well, or even shorter than that. If you had asked me to wear some of the hats I have in my study right now, I said, I ain't wearing that hat. Why would I wear Brookhaven High School, uh, Brookhaven Academy, uh, Lincoln? I mean, why would I wear some of the schools in Lincoln County? I'm living in St. Pete, Florida. I was born in Hasburg, raised in Kosciuszko, graduated from Clinton my last two high school, went to Mississippi College. I've been gone from Mississippi for over 20 years. If you'd asked me a year ago to wear one of those hats, I, I, probably, I wouldn't have done it. Now, the, oh, those in Florida, I'm always going to wear a Kazi hat, a Clinton hat, or a Choctaw. Mississippi College, I'm just going to do it because that's where I graduated from. That's, that's part of my DNA and who I am. But then, God called me here. 
You know what I started doing? Collecting hats. Some of you seen the picture. Some of you seen them in my study. I'm only missing one, by the way. I've got I've got Brookhaven Academy. I've got Brookhaven High School. I, I've got Lloyd Star. A lot of these hats are thanks to you, and I'm grateful. And I'm telling you what, I will wear that hat in a heartbeat. Why? Because I live in Brookhaven. Because I represent Lincoln County. Because I represent East Haven. But most of all, because we represent the Lord. But I'm telling you, I have no problem putting on any of those hats. I have no problem showing people in my study where those hats are. Why? Because I am a part of you. Bloom where you planted. And so I have no reservation to do that. Now, folks... We're talking about baptism. Why in the world, if Jesus says this is the way we identify with him, would we not be baptized biblically by immersion after conversion to let everybody know I'm on God's team? That's why we do it. Because it's biblical, and we need to make sure that it's in order. Thirdly, it could be an inappropriate mode. I've referred to this. Sprinkling, pouring is not the biblical method. Baptizo means submerge, immerse, go down into the water. It's like a rock tossed into a pond. It goes down and the water comes over it. That's what the word means in the original language. Once baptized, always baptized, if after conversion, by immersion. Further scriptures, Romans 6, 4. For we died and were buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And Colossians 2, 12 is another one. And then here's another one, Acts 5, 29. But Peter and other apostles replied, we must obey God than rather any human authority. If you have put your faith and trust in Christ alone, and you have not been baptized by immersion after that moment of conversion, please let God speak to you today and get that right. ASAP. ASAP. Fear God, not man. See, we trust him as Savior and Lord. Lord means boss. So we submit to him. And this is one of the first acts of obedience. Now, I understand when there's a child young teenager under the authority of his parents or her parents oh you need to listen to your parents you need to submit to authority and that may be that there's a little delay before you become of age and you're out on your own to be baptized but there are many people that are big boys big girls they've been out of that house a long time that continue to wait because they're afraid of what mama and them might say, I want to encourage you. Follow Jesus. Do what he says. You may be surprised, ultimately, how family members or friends may respond. Second, major point, baptism is an act of obedience. Jesus was showing us the way by being baptized. He is our ultimate Model, he's Lord. And one of the first initial steps in, is baptism. Here's what we see in this passage. The Father is pleased with it. We see that. Jesus commanded it in Matthew 28. He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then 
the early church practiced it. It's an act of obedience. The Father's pleased with it. We see it in the text. Jesus commanded it, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. The early church practiced it, Acts 2, 41. Those who accepted the message were gladly baptized. You know what else I've noticed speaking of caps? In the last few days, some of you may or may not know this, there's, a, there's some college baseball going on. And there's this, what they call, championship of all college teams. And it's down to two teams. In case you don't know it. There's a few people in here, I think, that know it. But, so you got, you got two teams. Now, we're not going to get into all that, but I just want to tell you, it's, it's LSU and you got Florida. Okay? And I, yeah, some of you are looking at me like, hey, you better watch it. I know. You wonder where you cap. You wonder where. But here's what I've noticed in the last few days. I'm telling you, there are lots of LSU T-shirts floating around Brookhaven, Lincoln County, hats. Some of us that may, not that, you know, that I would being from Mississippi, but maybe lived in Florida a good while would be pulling for Florida. Not that I would or my wife would or anybody else would. I'm not saying that, though there, that may be the case. There, you you got to be careful, but I'm telling you, People don't mind showing their team and who they're for. Y'all, we're talking ball, and I'm all for that. I got you. I'm right there with you. But if, we, if we're watching on Facebook Live, and we're sitting here, and we're saying, yeah, but, and we'll wear a T-shirt and a hat and a heartbeat showing who we pull for, but we won't be baptized biblically to show our allegiance to the Lord, there's something wrong with that picture. So let the Lord speak to you if that is you. And it may be you have been baptized after conversion by immersion, and this isn't the issue, and you're saying, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But it may be you're wrestling here. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then there's the third and final. Baptism helps believers move onward. The dove in the passage, the voice, the fulfillment of prophecies. This began the earthly ministry of Jesus. Now, how does that apply to us? Well, here's what I believe. Not being baptized after conversion by immersion can be a hang-up for believers. And growing and going. It can be a hang-up. It, it, can, it can cause them to be hesitant to grow spiritually or move onward. For example, God does want us to grow in our faith. It's called the sanctification process. From salvation to glorification, we're in heaven. He's molding and shaping us to, into, into his image. This is what? The Bible says in Colossians 2, 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. There's a reason we go to Sunday school. There's a reason we have our devotional time. There's a reason we memorize scripture because we're growing in our faith. There's so much more 
to the Christian life than just coming and listening or turning on the radio and singing. All of that's good. We need to dig and grow. And there's some that don't do that. Why? Because they get hung up on their baptism because the Holy Spirit has spoken to them and they've hardened their hearts toward baptism and therefore it's hard for them to keep growing because they know they're not taking place. They've not taken, what's not taking place is one of the first acts of obedience being baptized by immersion after conversion. So it can hinder their growth. Another thing, God wants us to grow and God wants us to go. Matthew 28 is the great commission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, if somebody is dealing with this baptism thing and getting it in order, how are they going to be fully free to share the gospel? Because part of that is following through with growing and baptism, and they're thinking, I ain't even done this. How can I share the gospel? Oh, you can. It's the gospel that, share, that saves. But it can be a hesitation. It can hinder a person's going and sharing the gospel. One day, there was a little girl that came up to the preacher after baptism. And uh, said, preacher... Pastor, I want to be advertised. He said, well, let's go talk to your mama. And sat down talked about what being advertised was all about. She meant baptized. But in a way, that's kind of what, she kind of had it right, didn't she? Being advertised. You see, when someone passes through these waters, and we're doing this in two weeks, we're going to have, we've got several people that are going to be baptized. As I understand it, two of our children from VBS, we always rejoice in that. So at least two. And as I understand it, several adults. And you know what? It may be that today you need to put out a stake and say to one of our counselors, before you leave here, don't leave here. Say, well, I'll do No, you may need some accountability. And you need to come and say, I need to be advertised. You don't have to say that. You can say, I need to be baptized. God has spoken to me through his word. I need to be baptized. And I want to do it in two weeks. Gives you plenty of time. We'll make sure we got the right robe. We got a towel. You know what? I have not drowned anybody yet. And if you need me to hold your nose, I'll hold your nose. Whatever. But don't keep wrestling with this issue. Let God settle it today. Get your baptism in order. And if you've never come to faith in Christ, that's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And it's amazing how your life will change and things will be so different. So if you've never done that during the invitation, you need to come and do that. That's the most important decision we'll ever make. And don't think that your willingness to be obedient may not influence somebody else in this building right now because you had the courage and the guts to make things right by being obedient to God in this area. And if you have any reservation about well, is it going to be cold? I mean, seriously, the, is it going to be cold? The practical stuff. Talk to us. we got two weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you help us 
live the Christian life. I thank you that you help us answer questions that we have. And I pray if there's anybody here today who's never put their faith and trust in Christ, that they'll make that most important decision first. And then, God, if somebody needs some accountability, needs to get on the list, needs to come forward because you have convicted them about baptism, I pray that today will be the day that they make that step in the right direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing. Staff will be here to receive you.